0: I'm can't I say could. those things to me, Austin, before Thanks we come back, back on air. Awesome. Don't do that. Oh, uh, yeah. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. We'll ask David, of course, about uh, all-star selections and schedule for the second half of the year. And, oh, yeah, uh, a little thing like uh, a nationally televised game against the Lakers tonight here at Vivid Arena.
2: Oh, there's that.
0: There's that little thing, that mm-hmm. little thing going on here today. LeBron being in town and all.
2: Every time the Lakers come into town, it's uh, there's a little extra excitement, I think, uh, because there's so many former Californians uh, who live here now, and uh, it's such a it's such a glamour team through the years. So people get excited. It's the don't you think it's the Jazz's number one rival?
0: Uh, rival, such an interesting word. Um, I don't know. They have a lot of history with the Lakers, certainly.
2: Yeah, I I can't think of any team jazz fans would rather see their uh, their team beat.
0: But you can say that about the whole league for the most part, which is part of that what they makes all the, Lakers the Lakers that way. part <laughs> of what makes the Lakers annoying. Uh, and and people who love the Lakers so much, like yourself.
2: Not a Laker fan, never,
0: Uh, ever. uh, Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His appearance brought to you, as always, by the Murdoch Auto Group. He's the one and only David Locke with us here on The Big Show. What's going on, David? How are you, guys? Man, we're good. It should be a great game tonight. Uh, ESPN's in town, Uh, LeBron's in town, and the Jazz have the best record in the league. So that's the recipe for what should be a pretty good evening. Yeah, I mean, the
1: Lakers are the defending champions. Probably should mention that as well. Um so yeah, and the greatest player to ever play in the history of the game was somehow playing thirty eight minutes a night over the last ten games. And you know, they struggle to score though. That will that will be what's interesting. If we can if we can move the ball against their defense and, and get some looks, we could be okay because they really struggle to
2: score. David, I've always seen you as a logical thinker. Tell me your thoughts on the guys who are going to the all star game from the Jazz and the fact that Mike Conley well, I guess we'll have to wait and see yeah. on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to make the All-Star team. Uh, I, I think it's probably time to make some adjustment, though I've said this all the time about, um, we've said this for years, you know, from 12 to 15, which is what the roster is, feels like, you know, maybe we'd be arguing what the snubs are then anyway, um, but it just feels like if you move to 15, you'd be eliminating a lot of this debate. Uh, John Corrales, who covers the Celtics for the Lockdown Podcast Network, was on Lockdown NBA today, had an interesting idea, which was that you form the teams by 12, and then you had six spots that, because we're not playing conference anyway, it doesn't matter, six at-large spots, and you get to 30 All-Stars. I thought that was interesting, right? So then, you know, Devin Booker and Sabonis get on, and maybe Mike Conley makes it as well then, um, and you're at that 30 number, but it's, but it's not by conference for the last six. I thought that was a good idea. It just feels like there's room for something to change um in that regard um because frankly we're playing 15 men rosters a lot of the time anyway um but you know Mike Conley's deserving of the all-star team but so are the 12 guys that are on the roster and so is Devin Booker and probably so Shea Gildas Alexander and so and you know you can make a pretty good claim for Jordan Clarkson if you want to be complaining so it's it's not a you know I don't want to be Dick Vitale and put 83 teams in the NCAA tournament
0: uh, David, let's talk a little bit about the, the schedule, which was released today. I'm sure you've had a few moments to look it over uh, to find out which nights you uh, indeed are going to be working. Give us your initial reaction to what you saw.
1: Well, you sure look at it differently when you don't travel, right? Like True. it's not quite the it's not quite the same travel analysis that you used to do. Like oh, and then texting a friend. You know what my first comment on this is? We should do this every year. Throughout COVID. We have stumbled upon things. Uh, my son's high school graduation, they did some things that was, were way better than a regular graduation uh, that I hope that they'll keep forever uh, because of COVID. And uh, there have been numerous other things where I think, you know, there's no reason for us all to go to the office every day. Like, I think we've learned that, right? Like, um, there's a bunch of stuff. One of those, I think, is this. I think this is fun. Like, we should do this all the time. This should be the new model is that after some amount of games, you announce the second half schedule. It also allows you to adjust the TV games from a league standpoint that I think is really helpful to the league. Right? Like, so, you know, we have six national TV games now, which is a lot actually for us. And, um, that's good. We should, we, we deserve to have six. We, we, we don't usually have six national TV games, but we're the number one record. So they have just, they, they adjusted in the backside of the season and just gave us six national TV games. So I, I think this is actually one of those things that league has stumbled upon something and should keep it moving forward, which is this second release of the second half of the schedule. And you can line up some matchups and things of that nature. Generally, um, other than one really, really weird, wacky road trip, it's going on in the middle of this, uh, where you start in Golden State and end in Florida. Um, and I don't think the Golden State that we're talking about is the state of Florida. Um, I, I think the schedule is actually pretty soft. Uh, the Jazz have played a, a lot of really good teams early on. I love the fact that most of the home stands are multiple games. Like because a one-game home, that April 24th one-game home against Minnesota might as well be a road game, which suddenly turns that into a seven-game trip. Uh, but everything else that you're looking at has got a nice element to it in the sense that it, you know, that you're home for a while. Um, you have a long stretch of games where you could get on another pretty massive win streak uh, with, I think, start, you know, you go, you start with that Sacramento April 10th. And if you, yeah, I don't think you can beat the Lakers twice, but, you know, run that one through Denver, you could win a lot of basketball games in that stretch Um your road games are at Minnesota, at Sacramento, and at Phoenix. You lose that Phoenix game, you lose one or two of those Lakers games. You suddenly still have won 14 of 17. Um, there's, there's a, I, I, you know, we they've earned it. They have, I think it's the second or third uh, easiest schedule by winning percentage of anyone in the NBA.
2: David, have you gotten used to the idea when you look at those NBA standings that the Jazz are 25 and six and the only team in the league with uh, single-digit losses? No. Not at all. It's crazy. It's insane. Like we do, a, I do
1: a feature every week. on locked on jazz, but like is the power ranking Tuesday. So it's like this interesting thing. Like we're number one in everything. Like we're number one in everyone's power ranking right now. I don't think we will be next week, quite frankly. Um, I think Brooklyn is about to take that spot in everyone's mind as the, as the elite team in the league. Um, but it's no, I have not, Come to grips with how good this team is at all. We're the third best offense and second best defense. Like, there aren't a lot of teams that have done that in the history of the game. Um, so I'm pretty stunned by what we're watching. And um, I talked to Hans and Scotty about this. I mean, the one you start playing around with for us is if we win tonight, you're you're five games up on the loss column on Lakers. Well, okay, you're five games up on the loss column. You've only lost six. <laughs> right? significant and, right like i mean you start playing around with this we'll have 40 games done with the end of tonight if we win tonight we're 26 and 6 like if you go 25 and 15 the rest of the way which seems reasonable if you just went 26 and 6 like it doesn't seem like you're being too outlandish at that point and and you're up five in the loss column against the lakers they would not only have to beat us twice the rest in those next two games but they would have to go 30 and 10 Right. Like that. And and they're certainly capable of going 30 and 10. I don't think there's any question about that because if they get healthy, but they're not healthy right now and they don't have Dennis Schroeder night. And they don't have Anthony Davis till after the all-star break. And so, I mean, I just, you know, even the Clippers who are just outstanding the same game, you can play the same game, right? If we go 26 and 14, there's the way they have to go 30 and 10. Actually they have to go 29 and nine. They have to go 31 and nine because we have the tiebreaker. We don't play
0: them again this year. So, David, I want to talk about something that you've hit on a lot in, uh, in the broadcast, and I think you're right on the money. Um, you, you, you talk about how the hug-the-shooters defense when playing against the Jazz has been effective, and you mentioned that Atlanta was kind of the first team to do it, uh, but the Clippers did it effectively last week, particularly in that second game. And will you just explain what that defense does to the Jazz and then the adjustment the Jazz have to make when they're effective against that defense?
1: So I mean what it does is the Jazz have been taking, you know, the most amount of threes of any team in the league. And they're in non blowout minutes, they're taking forty five percent of their shots as threes. Their bench unit, the bench unit, which is it's kind of a weird thing to call it the bench unit, but it's Conley with Gobert, Niang, Ingles, and uh Clarkson is taking like fifty four percent of their shots as threes so far this year. Like it's crazy but we make 40% of them. So if you let us shoot those threes, you're dead. You have, you have no chance. Like it's like, you're dead. So the only answer that anyone has right now is to hug the shooters, not allow us to get the, the, the drives and the kickouts to where the ball starts moving and the blender starts rolling and to play us in a manner so that you're, you're basically we're playing a two man game in the middle of the floor and you're defending, so you're seeing the Jazz do some fun things, like they'll go put all three shooters on one side of the floor, which allows you know Conley and Gobert to play with this like, wide-open floor and figure out how to score. It, the Clippers did it well. Those were two of our worst offensive nights of the year. Miami played us a little bit differently, but we, didn't, we did not have a particularly good offensive night. We didn't actually have a very good offensive night against Atlanta. So it's the best way to slow us down right now. What it really does more than anything else is it warps our shot chart. Um, if you look at the way you know we've we've not been getting to the rim um, this the same way that we were earlier this year. Now the funniest thing is that it felt like um, Charlotte tried it for a while, but it was so contrary to what they do as a team they couldn't do it. So it's nice to say that the Clippers and the, have built the script, but I mean this also now gets to the point where you have to have the personnel to be able to execute it. Um, but we are seeing some things. So, for example, in the two games against the Clippers, the Jazz took 35 and 38 shots as non-restricted area twos. Restricted areas that half circle under the basket. Any other shot for two is a, is a pretty low percentage shot. So we, we've seen that take place in those two games. Philadelphia kind of did this. We took 31 against them. Against Atlanta, we took 29. So we're seeing that begin to happen. We're, we're getting to the rim a little less 20 is kind of a good number number for us at the rim we were at 19 against milwaukee who just takes away the paint 10 against philadelphia 14 against the clippers 16 against charlotte yeah you go shoot 50 percent from three and take 22 corner threes like we did against charlotte you don't need to go to the rim the same way so that charlotte game's a little bit of an anomaly but you're also not shooting 15 of 22 on corner threes very often that was quite something
2: David, that game against Charlotte, uh, Jake and I were having a conversation earlier about how impressed we were both at the offensive end and the defensive end of what happened after the Jazz redirected that uh, the direction of that game. I- I'm curious to know what you were thinking when you watched the Jazz through the end of that third quarter into the fourth, go on that 26-2 run. You see good, su- suddenly really strong defense, and the Jazz just going berserk with their shooting from three and also the, the, the one pass into Rudy at the rim. I mean, it was it was stunning. I've heard you describe teams before as being really scary. That was a scary stretch by the Jazz, and it was it was completely different than what we'd seen earlier in the game. Your thoughts?
1: Um, I was um, concerned, I, we had not stopped Charlotte the first time we played him either. We just had this unbelievable offensive night against him. So I was actually very concerned in that game that we were not going to be able to uh, stop them at any point. Uh, which, when I went back, I, and then when it happened, I honestly didn't have any idea what had happened. Gordon, Jake can attest to this. In the post-game show, I said, "I'm going back. I'm going home right now so I can go watch the game. Because I didn't actually have any idea what had happened, it happened so fast and kind of whoa! Like, how did we just go from down ten to up sixteen like that? Um, what I did learn when I went and watched the games, it actually really started as coaches would love to tell you on the defensive end. George Niang made two or three defensive plays, one in transition where he cut off Lonzo Ball and then forced Lonzo Ball back out and then Ball, tr- or, excuse me, Lamelo. And LaMelo tried to play one-on-one on on him and didn't score Um, another where he switched to pick and roll perfectly. And Jordan Clarkson then really connected, reacted perfectly, intercepted the ball pass. Um, Those were the plays that actually allowed that whole thing to happen. Had that not taken place, you know, you're not really within striking distance. You're down 13. I think it's 73 60 when that all started or something of that sort. And they made a bunch of defensive plays that allowed it to take place um, and allowed them to kind of get that momentum going. The other thing was that Jordan Clarkson, who was remarkably unselfish in that stretch, he did hit two threes, but he also made two or three really necessary passes in the midst of that. So one of the things I think happens to teams is when they're on the ropes, they start to try to solve the problem themselves. And we saw the opposite out of this group. They allowed the group to solve the problem, and I thought that was really interesting.
0: David, uh, knowing Quinn Snyder as you do, which is certainly uh, better than me, do you think he's actually looking forward to coaching the All-Star game? Um,
1: you know, I mean, I think he'd probably rather, like, hang out with his wife Amy and his kids and like, some, like... I don't know, like at the bottom of Salton Ski Resort, like hang out and watch the kids ski, if we're really honest about it? Do I think he's honored and proud of representing what this team has done? And do I think he cherishes the opportunity to hold conversations with the brightest basketball players in the world? Yes. Um, But this is maybe not the All-Star game where he gets to do that very much, right? Because this All-Star game, they may not get that time. But, I mean, if – you know, there's a reason why Quinn was so close to Kofi. The brightest minds of the NBA come together and talk about the game in a different manner. And that is certainly something that Quinn can do. And I think he would have, you know, I think in that sense, he would cherish this opportunity. If we're totally honest, um, you know, I think he is a, you know, he would probably rather be at the bottom of solitude watching these kids come down the slopes with his wife.
2: I'll agree with you on that, David. Uh, but it is sort of R&R versus R. And I'll use the R word uh, that, that uh, Quinn might be able to get accomplished, and that is recruiting. Not in an illegal sense, but just in the sense that you described, that, that bright players, I think, are naturally drawn to this guy. And they're going to be impressed by him, even in a setting as kind of goofy as an all-star game. Uh, players want to play for Quinn there's no question now do players want to play for
1: Quinn in Utah for less money maybe not um, do players want to play anywhere for less money maybe not um, but players, players are intrigued by playing for Quinn
0: well David uh, thank you for jumping on as always and uh, look forward to hearing the broadcast tonight should be a good one why I enjoyed it thank you Jake Thanks, buddy. Okay. See ya. David Locke. Uh, his appearance brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. Any thoughts there, Gordon?
2: I I I concur with what David was saying at the end of that discussion. I for, for a guy who is as charismatic as Quinn is and who has kind of that Hollywood look to him. I think in his personal uh, view, it's quite the opposite. I don't think he's, he, he wants to be out there in front of everybody saying, hey, look at me. That, that, that's not the way he thinks. He's, he's about creating the best circumstance for his players to thrive. That's what he loves. He loves the competition. He loves the artistry and the, the science behind the game. I don't think he he wants to be in the spotlight, you know. I I, think, I agree with David. I think he'd, he'd rather be with the ones he loves. And uh, I think you're either built that way or you're not. And I think that's the way he's built. Just my opinion. Did
0: you notice that uh, David uh, talked about that run against the Hornets being sparked by defense?
2: Yes. And I'm not arguing with you because when I wrote my column about that, I did say that the defense was uh, – Really important, and okay, you're right.
0: (laughs) I noticed though that you dangled that loaded question out there for him.
2: Yeah, they didn't load it up. (laughs) I I was really, uh, and I were you were even handed.
0: I shouldn't have said loaded; it wasn't loaded.
2: And I and I expected him to say sort of what he said, but and that's not even what my part of that discussion was about because we weren't talking, we weren't arguing about that. We were talking about reads, and I think when you see a team hit a bunch of threes in a row like that, it it, it does kind of bully over a little bit. But, it, but I'll agree with you from a standpoint of the Jazz had to get stops because they weren't getting stops at that point. And uh, they finally did. And Gordon Hayward, until he got hurt, he was having himself a pretty fine game. And I I, I, I kept my eye on him because the Jazz really had a hard time guarding him. Joe Ingles, I mentioned this before, Joe was getting beat by Gordon left and right. And I know that didn't sit well with Joe because those guys know each other. But didn't you notice that, that Gordon was just putting two moves on Joe and going right by him?
0: Well, the Hornets are a good offensive team. They are. They're they're sneaky fun to watch in that way because Terry Rozier is having a year. Gordon Hayward's having a year. LaMelo Ball is emerging. Uh, you know, they've got some players that can do some damage. You know, Rozier and Hayward are both averaging over 20 points a game.
2: Yeah, and Rozier really struggled. But the Jazz were bold in that game through through uh, the most important minutes. And speaking of being bold.
0: <laughs> Let's get I out like of the zone phone.
2: Bold in the bedroom.
0: Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. I think we got it, Gordon. Our friend Andrew <laughs> Reinhardt. Yes, here to help uh, people who might be struggling in the bedroom
3: yes we are wasatch medical clinic uses this really cool technology uh for ed so if you're out there maybe feeling like things have diminished a little intimacy wise with your significant other uh the blood flow isn't flowing like it used to we use this technology called acoustic wave therapy and this is clinically proven by cambridge i should add to open up and regrow blood vessels it widens the diameter of blood vessels actually The average guy does uh, a few short 10-minute treatments over about two weeks. That's it. Uh, We've helped a lot of guys get off of the pill, get back to normal function in the bedroom, and get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it.
0: Now, you mentioned the average guy, but the truth is you guys see guys uh, all across the spectrum as far as function, right?
3: We do. We have uh, guys in their 20s and 30s with really mild ED and maybe... Not even ED. They just kind of want to improve the frequency. And then we have guys in their 80s and 90s. I get kind of excited when I see a younger guy come in who's preemptively taking care of the problem, maybe noticing it's sliding in the wrong direction. This technology works so great for that. So, uh, yeah, we've seen it all of every kind of health condition and every age.
0: 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Get on the schedule. See the doctor and a couple other perks as well
3: so much for free. Uh, uh, This is the first step in reversing your erectile dysfunction. Call us, and even if you don't go forward with treatments, there's quite a bit of value. We'll do the assessment, the exam. You'll meet with our doctor at no charge, uh, blood flow ultrasound. That's pretty cool. And a little enhanced gift now that produces immediate results in the bedroom. And lastly, new patients even get free testosterone if you're lacking a little energy that could be great for you and this is all no charge
0: 801-901-8000 801-901-8000 that's wasatch medical clinic thanks andrew thank you guys all right we'll have more big show coming up stay tuned 97.5 and
1: 1280
3: the zone
0: You're locked on to the Big Show,
1: presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: This whole narrative of, um, you know, LeBron needs more rest, or I should take more rest, or I should take time here, has become a lot bigger than what it actually really is. I've never talked about it. I I don't talk about it. I don't believe in it. You know, I'm here to work, and I'm here to, to, to punch my clock in and be available to my teammates. Big
0: Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK during the month of February. Start your road to vision at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Now, Gordon, i got to say, I do admire LeBron's comments right there. I do. The the kind of old-school sports fan in me says, right on, LeBron. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, you look at the amount of basketball that he's played. They finished playing the finals in October, uh, turned the season around to begin, obviously, at the end of December, Um, and now his whole team's hurt. I say that. I'm exaggerating, obviously, but Dennis Schroeder, Anthony Davis, the two, and Locke talked about this a little bit, that are most responsible to help LeBron with the scoring load are not playing, and LeBron is, you know, playing all these overtime games. The Lakers have played an incredible amount of overtime games this year. He's playing, you know, it's not abnormal to see him play over 40 minutes, and for him to be doing it at 36 and having played as many games as he's played in his career, all the finals runs, um... I can see why it's a, excuse me a topic.
2: Well, what? Let me, let me just say it this way: has, has there been evidence that would show that this is somehow detrimental to to not LeBron's overall health, but to his performance?
0: See, that's the problem because common sense would tell you yes, but what what LeBron has done for I I would say a few years now defies common sense
2: right and that's why I think it's easy to believe it until there's no reason to believe it anymore you know and I, I, I don't fully understand the, uh, the load management thing. I, I think I understand that there's wear and tear on the body and there's risk every time guys take the floor but I, I like it when guys well I like it when what moderates that or regulates that, is the way a player feels as far as his overall health goes, as opposed to scheduled rest. I, I I just I don't I don't respect that as much, and maybe that's old school, but until somebody shows me LeBron, look, you are not going to lead this team to a championship if you play this amount of minutes night after night after night. I'll, then I'll believe it. But right now I. Why? Why should I?
0: Here's a here's a stat for you. LeBron leads the NBA in minutes per game this month at 38.2. And I, I hear what you're saying, Gordon. And and I got the that's why I said I, I I certainly respect what LeBron had to say right there. But you know, it, we've seen teams run out of gas before. That's a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, maybe have you're LeBron. Seen, have
2: we seen LeBron run out of gas?
0: Um. He, You know, that one year in Cleveland, he took some time off around the holidays. You remember that? It was kind of controversial. He went to an Ohio State game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they mentioned that he was injured, but not really. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think he has never thought about it that way in his career. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Because, you, I mean, it, it makes sense. And I, I think that the worst thing that happened for the people who don't like load management, and I, I certainly would count myself um, among those uh, those voices, Gordon, but Kawhi winning with Toronto—I mean, just cemented how Kawhi was going to play the rest of his career, right? And we've seen other—you know—we certainly certainly see other players do more frequently because the strategy paid off. And if Jazz fans really want to torture themselves, you know, they all take pride in John and Carl and their games played. And you know, John uh, broke his ankle ten times but still played that night. You know, it, it's it's an admirable thing, but. You know, did they run out of gas against the Bulls all those years? I mean, could they have had more Finals visits if they had thought about it more strategically?
2: The answer to that question cannot be found.
0: No, that's why it's maddening, I'm sure. But
2: and yeah, I mean, I know I hear what you're saying, and uh, there are some who will claim that that probably did play a role, but uh, I, I don't know. I it, it's one of those things that you don't want to believe even if it's true, you know, because, one, that would drive Jazz fans crazy <laughs> to, to, to to torture themselves further with that sort of thing. But I, I like the idea. I don't think guys should feel peer pressure to play when they don't feel up to playing. And I got the impression sometimes with Carl and John that that peer pressure was pretty strong.
0: Well, it, it wouldn't surprise me if LeBron was playing through some stuff right now just because his his team really needs him. Um, I don't know that, obviously. Okay, but, but it was, playing but that through stuff,
2: playing through stuff, and then playing through stuff that you shouldn't play through. Uh, the, those, and I know that's obviously a sliding scale, and that's where the controversy comes in. Because, but I, I don't like to see guys sitting on the bench with their suits on or whatever they're wearing because, just because, I, I don't know. Show me the evidence, and then I'll I'll believe it. And and maybe that evidence is there for a lot of players, but I don't know if it's there for LeBron. No, but But I mean, we're talking about
0: Kawhi is the evidence. I mean, he was a machine in that playoffs.
2: So for 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 the Raptors,
0: you you remember how good he was? Where he? I mean, that Raptors team was good too, but he was absolutely was was he good?
2: Was he good because he was rested, or was he good because he was good?
0: He certainly was fresh. I mean, I don't think you can argue that. I mean, well, I look at Ricky Rubio ran out of gas for the Jazz a couple of years ago. I I don't know if they would have beat Houston that year, but they would have had a lot better chance with the with him in the lineup and playing like he did against Oklahoma City, if you remember.
2: Maybe this is where a coach has to know his players. And That's probably uh, know, true. Know, know what they're capable of doing. And uh, maybe some guys, you rest them too much and they, they lose some effectiveness in the other direction. I, I don't know. Uh, but but it's just I don't know. It's kind of aggravating to see a, a perfectly healthy guy sitting at game time just because someone scheduled it that way.
0: But Popovich probably extended the career of Tony Parker and Tim Duncan multiple years, you know, thinking that way.
2: But again, those are extenuating circumstances when you have someone who is uh, of a certain condition. Uh, at a time in their career where they need that, then yeah, then then I get it. But that's but, where LeBron, but LeBron should be.
0: He should well, be there. But,
2: but we're talking about a man who's just different. He's, he's just different. Hmm. I mean, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll just say it this way: if you, if there's evidence that he should not play, and, and that he will end up benefiting the club by not playing, then I guess I have to go along with that, even if I if I don't like it.
0: Hey, we have some breaking news. I haven't seen it. We have some breaking news, Gordon. Uh, Not so positive. Mark Spears. This is uh, the first report I've seen of this, but it just came out uh, a moment ago. uh, Writes for ESPN. Mark Spears says Suns guard Devin Booker has been named by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver to replace injured Los Angeles Lakers forward Anthony Davis in the 2021 NBA All Star Game, which will be played March 7th at State Farm Arena in Atlanta. Devin Booker gets the nod, not uh, Mike Conley.
2: We wondered whether it would be seen as – and believe me, I I don't know whether Adam Silver is looking at this uh, from a promotional standpoint or from any other standpoint other than what he saw happening on the court and what his advisors have sort of uh, whispered in his ears. But we drew drew the differentiation there between Mike Conley, who uh, would be a terrific sentimental pick, uh, and has had such a terrific career, but never been an All Star, versus a young, promising star, who whose promotion would help the league as it moves forward. And that was that was the selection. Whether that was the reasoning or not, I don't know.
0: Yeah, then Booker should have been on there ahead of Chris Paul, anyway. So it's tough to be that mad at it. He's having a great year.
2: Well, then why didn't why didn't the coaches vote him on?
0: I don't know. They obviously uh, have their heads where the sun don't shine, if you know what I mean.
2: Did Chris Paul ever ever reenter a game in order to uh, score a certain number of points? What
0: was that, 60 he was going for? I'm pretty sure it was 60, right? <laughs> was it? And his team was just getting just creamed. He put And Jimmer made a few shots, and he's like, wait a minute. People are paying attention to that guy. I better get myself back in this game and go for 60.
2: Yeah. I don't know Devin Booker. I've never interviewed the man. Uh, I don't know what his attitude is. But if that is a true reflection of the way he thinks, I don't like it. I don't like it. And <laughs> I, it, we compare that to Donovan Mitchell, who doesn't care how many points he scores in a game. He's uh, dialed in on other things. Uh whether that's the whole truth and nothing but the truth I don't know but that was a bad look that night when they put him back in for that
0: coming up next the not sports report we'll go through a bunch of uh, jazz sound in the five o'clock hour it was all really really good today so we'll give you a chance to hear that coming up stay tuned it's the big show 975 and 1280 the zone. <laughs> Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report brought to you every day by our friends at the LHM used car supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory shop online, LHM used cars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
2: I have a trifecta of not sports oh, reports. Oh,
0: I see. Today. All good?
2: Yeah, because it's in such demand, I've got to feed the beast. Is it? So, it, it, this is what I hear. So, uh, other than from you guys. I see. Uh, The first thing is, what's the rudest thing you've ever seen uh, anybody do at a dinner table?
0: Geez, I don't know. I I, I I know some pretty polite people.
2: (laughs) I was reading a survey. They were trying to find out from people the rudest thing that anybody's ever done at the dinner table. And somebody said that someone took a bite out of the butter uh, bar, whatever you call that,
0: That is quite rude.
2: I, th- I thought so. You know, I saw a guy one time eat a whole stick of butter just because somebody dared him to. You think you could do that? No. Austin, could you do that? I don't think you could.
0: I don't either. I don't think. All right. You, nor should he. What, what? Where is this going?
2: Oh, just just I, I thought that was interesting. Okay. That somebody would be so rude to do that. The second thing is, Jake. Apparently, some people have asked whether they can get the coronavirus vaccine in the buttocks instead of in the arm. Now, you think why would anybody want to do that? Well, apparently, the glutes there are. It's a very good place to get a shot because uh, it uh, the the gut, it's it's uh, muscular down there, and it when when you uh, inject the shot into the muscle part of the body, then it uh, is good as far as its immune response. I just think that socially it might be a little difficult.
0: I think you should try it. When you go get yours, you just drop trowel when they come up to you. Say hey, sir, are you here for my? Uh, your coronavirus vaccine? Yes, I am. Hold on, let me get my belt here. <laughs> <laughs> let me just.
2: You might get arrested.
0: Yeah, see what happens.
2: Well, yeah. right. I read that. So I, many I, drops. I want to play, but I'm not. I, like,
0: I, I read this thing. You know, it was a non-sports report. I don't know if you heard it, but it said that this is the better way.
2: And I hope it's one of those drive-through <laughs> right. vaccinations. With Gordon hanging his keister out the
0: yes. out the window. <laughs> Oh, this is better and just more effective. Well, bear with me here.
2: Sir, why are you lifting your tailgate? <laughs> <laughs> I just moon the doctors. Fire away. Uh, I had a friend who got a shot in his butt once of penicil- penicillin after he had his wisdom teeth taken out. And uh, he when he had the wisdom teeth thing going, uh, he's... he's uh, his face swelled up, and so then he needed another shot of penicillin, so the, the dentist came to his place and, and gave him a shot in the butt, and his response was, thanks, Doc, You just ruined both of my cheeks. Hmm. And then the third one is the University of Michigan apparently had an infestation of the recluse spider in its school library. And by infestation, I mean they found three. <laughs> they found three of these spiders. And, and so to exercise extra caution, they shut the whole library down for a few days.
0: Seems a little extreme.
2: Uh, I don't know. how. Have, have, do spiders freak you out? Not really. Well, the recluse is, is extremely venomous, poisonous spider.
0: Which one is the one around here, recluse or the hobo spider? Which I know we have black widows, but what's the other one? The brown recluse. The recluse. Okay. Yeah, so that, Which is one. also that's the hobo spider, was. no? Are they the same? Well, uh, my, uh, we went and stayed with my buddies in uh, Missoula a couple of times, and they uh, they gave us their basement to sleep on the ground. We had sleeping bags and stuff. And they said, the only thing is there's a, there's a bunch of brand recluse spiders down there you might want to be aware of. And we said, okay, oh, thanks geez. for the heads up. And then we slept down there anyway.
2: What 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 good would knowing about it do?
0: I don't know. Was,
2: I, that maybe would, they that wanted
0: would, us to sleep in the yard or something, but that wasn't happening.
2: That would freak me out a little bit. Austin, would you be all right with that? I don't care for spiders too much. Yeah, uh, especially hairy, poisonous ones. I don't want. Eh, you know you guys they, are soft. They, they, since then, the school officials have said maybe they overreacted because the recluse spiders, the three that were found, were in a non-public part of the subterranean part of the library. But they they shut the whole thing down, and they sprayed for, for uh, spiders. But I, I just thought I, I would not want to be in the general area. And I know that here in Utah, we probably have black widows in the garages and whatnot. I mean, just be careful out there, folks, because those... Those are very unfriendly. <laughs> These were Mediterranean recluse spiders, by the way.
0: Uh, as a, as opposed to what, Northern <laughs> European recluse spider?
2: <laughs> I don't know the difference, nor do I want to. This is uh,
0: the the feared Finnish recluse spider.
2: <laughs> Isn't there like a fiddler spider too, or something like that, or what? Uh, I I I don't know. Well, let's get to somebody who will actually the help our The Fiddler Spider? And, uh, yeah. Is there, isn't there something like that? I prefer
0: I, Spider. Oh, I see, see what I did there? Yeah, I do see what oh, you did there.
2: Oh, very nice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of that, we will have plenty of jazz sound for you coming up next, including Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. We'll also get you George Nyang's interview with Hanson Scotty. Uh, in the 5 o'clock hour as well. But right now, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us, of course, from Wasatch Medical Clinic, the one and only Andrew Reinhardt here to help you if you've been struggling with your relationship, struggling struggling in the bedroom, Andrew. Yes, we're helping
3: guys with a very sensitive topic, and we've helped thousands of guys with uh, the two most advanced form, uh, forms of acoustic wave therapy. This is very different because it's not a pill. Uh, there are now... 42, maybe 43 clinical studies showing that our treatments improve circulation, open up blood vessels, and can reverse erectile dysfunction. So if you're out there listening, and maybe you're young, maybe you're older, but you're frustrated in the bedroom at any level, I'll tell you, these treatments can be a great alternative to the pill and, get, and can get you back to those younger years.
0: And there's a lot of great studies out there right now backing the up, right?
3: Yeah, the science page at wasatchmedicalclinic.com has so many. uh, They take hundreds of men with erectile dysfunction. They put them through our treatments, and then they do x-rays on the blood vessels. And, you know, are they wider? Is there more blood vessels than before? And they all conclude the same thing. It works, and it's totally safe. There's no side effects. So I think scientifically proven treatment uh, for ED is a safe thing to say now.
0: And maybe you've heard Andrew a few times on the show and have been kind of on the fence about it and still hiding from it a little bit. Uh, now is a great time, right, Andrew? Because you're, you're doing a lot for free and uh, help people find out if it's a good fit.
3: We are. Uh, call us and set up this consultation and exam with the doctor. We're going to do it totally free. And you may say the treatments are not for me. You'll come away with a lot of good info. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound, which is really cool to test your blood vessels. Uh, we'll throw in a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. New patients get free testosterone for a little increased energy in the bedroom. So, a lot of good stuff. Uh, call us, and it's all free of charge. 801
0: 901 8000, 801 901 8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up next. Some jazz sound for you right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.